Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, it's Tuesday, Golden Eagle fans. You're listening to the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, great show for you today. Mark Rubicki, former pitcher for Southern Miss. Now with Walt Massey, will join us later in the program, as well as Lee Roberts, as well as... Golden Eagle soccer assistant coach Carly Malden, as uh, it's a big week for the Lady Eagles soccer team. She'll join us in the second segment for Lady Eagles, uh, earning all-conference honors. Uh, the Lady Eagles know who they will be playing tomorrow night, and uh, we'll talk to Coach Malden in the second segment. Happy to have you along on this Tuesday, as always. First segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They're at 50 Cross Creek Parkway in Hattiesburg. Some of the best meats around. Personal favorite, brisket and sausage. I do like that great sandwich uh, they make over there. Fried okra, mac and cheese, all the sides. They can cater your next event. Most of the time they do cater uh, Kelly Sanders' events. Dickie's Barbecue, smoked here, loved everywhere. All right, Kelly. Um, first segment today, let's talk about this story that – uh, broke yesterday uh, from Brett McMurphy last night, and then uh, again this morning, Brett McMurphy from Action Network talking about uh, Conference USA, who they're planning to add. So before realignment, there were 14 Conference USA teams. Now there are three, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, and um, FIU. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I, I should take that back, not Western Kentucky, UTEP. Uh, Louisiana Tech and FIU now with, it looks like, Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky going to the max. So Brett McMurphy uh, reporting now that Conference USA is looking to add FBS independents, Liberty and New Mexico State, and then FCS members, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston. All those would join as all sports members of Conference USA, getting them to seven. Now there's a lot to talk about there, and there's a lot that, possibly might impact Southern Miss. Just get your general reaction to Conference USA now going from three back up over the needed six to be a conference, but looks like they will have seven members. Well, to your first point, Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky only had one option if they were to leave Conference USA. Their only option was the MAC because they had already done the Sunbelt thing and got out, and obviously they were not going to be reinvited, so to speak. So if they were to leave Conference USA, their only choice was to go to the MAC. So that is going to make the MAC more of a north-south corridor conference, if you will, where the Sun Belt is going to be kind of an east-west corridor along the southern states. Again, the MAC will be in the Midwestern part of the state, but more of a north-south league. All right, over a month ago, We mentioned here on the Eagle Hour from some sources that we had been talking to that Jacksonville State had been in talks with going to Conference USA. And many of you, quite honestly, scoffed 
at that, saying that that was the most ridiculous thing you'd ever heard. And I get that. On the surface, it didn't make any sense. But it now turns out that what we were hearing on this show well over a month ago is going to turn out to be true, it appears, that Jacksonville State in Alabama is headed to Conference USA. This is essentially uh, an act of, it it appears, it appears to be an act of desperation uh, other than the Liberty uh, move, which Liberty would be a, a prize for any conference to have. So in fairness, that would be a good gain for Conference USA. But New Mexico State, uh, not a real powerhouse. And then the other two teams are coming from leagues, you know, lower. Now, Sam Houston State will help on a baseball level. Jacksonville State will be a competitive team in all sports. But essentially, it's the Southland 2.0. Conference USA, even with these gets, I think is overall much, much weaker. They had to get to the number seven because in order for the NCAA to even consider you to be a quote-unquote conference you have to have at least six but to me it kind of looks like an, an act of uh, of desperation and you know why not just dissolve and then start all over again you know would, would be my question but again um not our decision to make but that's my reaction luke western kentucky middle tennessee likely to join the mac so you would you would be at five then you'd lose three and then you add these four back so uh if for some reason the mac fell through conference usa would then stay at nine probably wouldn't look to add any more teams if they if western kentucky and middle tennessee were to leave for the mac and they would uh conference usa uh brett mcmurphy reports here would possibly look to add uconn and umass as football only members to try to get them you know closer to 10 all right here's the impact for southern miss if jacksonville state makes the jump from fcs to fbs and would uh, you know be a part of uh, a, a new realigned conference USA, Kelly? That puts six, six, one, two, three, four, five, six FBS programs in the state of Alabama: Alabama, Auburn, South Al, UAB, Troy, and now if it goes through Jacksonville State. I mean, that just makes recruiting all the harder in the state of Alabama, a state where Southern Miss uh, traditionally has got some good players from. And it just kind of, now, I mean, where do players go? I mean, <laughs> they can go anywhere in the state of Alabama. Well, that was the thing that would be the deciding factor with a lot of these kids, is if they thought they were good enough to play FBS. And if not, then then go FCS. Well, now, you're right. You've got more schools pulling at the same players. Uh, which is another reason why, you know, Bob is always Bob Getty uh, has lamented on this show many times that things at Southern Miss probably will never be the way they used to be. But in fairness, the landscape has changed over time, which makes it a lot more difficult for uh, Southern Miss to be what it was just because these other schools are, are trying to get these these same athletes. So um, it'll definitely make it you know, make it tougher. But those of you that scoffed at Jacksonville State, and I'm not trying to be a, a scolding parent here, I'm saying if you look at Jacksonville State, their enrollment, if I'm not mistaken, their enrollment is really close to the enrollment at Southern Miss. So even though they've been in the Ohio Valley and you haven't heard a whole lot of Jacksonville State other than when they pull the occasional football upset, uh, numbers-wise, they're, they're about as big as Southern Miss. So for people that do think that that is a stretch, uh, over a month ago when we talked about it, I didn't necessarily think it was a stretch just from a numbers standpoint. But like I say, enrollment-wise, they're, they're pretty comparable to Southern Miss. If you compare the two, um, Southern Miss, 
Right now, 14,606. Jacksonville State, 9,000. Ah. But even, but they are still higher than, you know, some schools in Conference USA and, and, uh, the, the Sun Belt. But just, uh, from this Brett McMurphy article also about Jacksonville State, they've won six Ohio Valley championships since 2011. They played in the FCS playoffs eight times since 2013 and were actually the national runners up in 2015. Uh, probably the most telling here is just how quick the landscape has changed uh mcmurphy closes this article by saying that if if western kentucky and middle tennessee were go to the mac and then liberty new mexico state jacksonville state and sam houston would go to cusa 22 schools have changed leagues since oklahoma and texas announced they're uh, heading to the sec that that's wild i mean when it when one domino falls they all fall it seems yeah and and my apologies i thought the Jack- jacksonville state enrollment was a little bit closer to southern miss but but to your point it's it's good perspective that that even with that uh 90 or whatever enrollment it's still a lot bigger than louisiana monroe and some of the schools that are going to be in in the the realigned Sun Belt, so my my point that I was trying to make there is that Jacksonville State is not necessarily out of out of its league as far as enrollment goes. No, um, so that's that's why I really thought geographically that's why that came up in discussion over a month ago, and it's, it looks like it's going to turn out to be true. No official um, looks like no official announcement yet from James Madison, but you know every insider says it's going to happen. Of course, they met last week. Uh, to approve the jump from FBS or from FCS to FBS, and so it would appear that you know in the next week or so uh, we should see something uh, out of James Madison joining uh, the Sun Belt Conference with Southern Miss and uh, and Marshall and and Old Dominion. But yeah, really interesting uh, what what uh, Conference USA would do if uh, somehow they could pull these in. But I mean, you want to talk about even a bigger footprint if you put UConn and. <laughs> You put UConn and UMass in there, and, and UTEP stays in the conference. Well, the, the Conference USA has never been a juggernaut in football, although UTSA is certainly making inroads this year. But you add, you know, you got New Mexico State in there. UConn and UMass are three of the worst football teams uh, this year that are, that are on the field. Now, I know what you're saying under your breath. Well, Southern Miss isn't all that great. No, not this year. But I'm saying these teams have been historically bad. Uh, in football over the years and there is no footprint for the new conference USA it's just it's almost you want to come yeah we'll take you I mean that that's kind of the way it looks on the map it's it's an act of desperation just to keep afloat my opinion we'll keep a watch on it hey we're gonna step aside and let you hear from our sponsors when we come back soccer huge game in Boca Raton tomorrow quarterfinal. We'll let you know who they're playing, and we'll talk to assistant coach Carly Malden as Eagle Hour continues on this Tuesday. To the top. Eagle Hour continues on this Tuesday. Happy to have you along with us, whether you're listening 
live on uh, the radio or on uh, Super Talk, Hattiesburg or Super Talk Laurel, or you're checking this out podcast or on demand later. We are on podcast form, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and happy to have you as we talk all things Southern Miss. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, just across the street from the University of Southern Mississippi. You can shop 24-7, and they will ship to your house, Campus Bookmark. Dot net proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We're going to go down to Boca Raton, Florida right now. Carly Malden in her second year as the assistant coach for the Southern Miss soccer team. We will, uh, I think, Michael, we got disconnected. Yeah, he's, he's reached back up. He's trying to uh, reconnect. Awesome. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk to Coach Malden here in just a, a minute. A lot to talk about with uh, soccer for Lady Eagles, a uh, name to all-conference team. They got a... Uh, a bye in the first round, and uh, they will get ready to take on uh, FAU now on their home field in Boca. I think we've got Coach Malden now. Hello. Hey, Carly. How is Boca hey. Raton? <laughs> nice and warm. I'm sure it sure it is. Uh, thanks for coming on with us today. A lot to talk about. Um, let, let's talk about first, um, really put in perspective how special last Thursday was uh, for Lady Eagle soccer as you guys tie UTSA but claim a West Championship for the first time in conference history or program history. Yeah, that that feeling is indescribable. I mean, as you know, the players are super excited, but I would say as a coach, watching these players and they show their excitement and all the hard work that they put in this season. That is a feeling that I wish everyone could experience. It's it's unreal. It was a season of firsts this year. Of course, we we beat Charlotte on the road for the first time. We beat Rice for the first time. Uh, we uh, we win the West for um, the first time. And and this may be I, I didn't go back and look at it, but when you look at the postseason awards, I mean, we have uh, all conference first team two players, uh, Elena Squerdo and Ariel Diaz, and then Kendall Mendich and Macy, Macy Pennington get all conference too. And and I guess we'll talk about a few of those players. Of course, uh, Elena scored the, uh, the tying goal against UTSA last week. Hard to kind of put into words how good she's been as a freshman. Yeah, Ilana has been impactful since day one. Um, you know, like you said, she got all-conference first team, and she was also named freshman of the year. So she got that big-time award, and it is well-deserved. Ilana is basically a pro playing in uh, in the college world right now. She, The way she trains, the way she eats, the way she prepares her body for everything and anything is it's crazy. Um, she... She's been the backbone of our team this year, for sure. Talk about Kendall Mendich for a minute. I think she's second in the conference in save percentage. Uh, anybody that was at the game Thursday, just uh, several uh, series of, of attacks from uh, from UTSA. I mean, she had two or three saves there and, and like, one, one part. I mean, it was pretty amazing. But just as a leader, one of these seniors on this team, but she's been phenomenal in, in the net for you guys. Oh, yeah, Kendall has made big-time plays for us and kept us in a lot of the games this year. Um, she, on the field and off the field, has been one of the best leaders um, we could ask for. She is wise and mature for her age. Um, and then, I mean, on the field, like you said, she's a beast. She she is a goal stopper. She's 1v1. She's, she's all we could ask for in the goal. She's been perfect. 
Kelly? And I, and I wanted to ask a little bit uh, about, you know, this matchup coming up against uh, FAU. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But you always hear the, the adage that teams have to, quote, unquote, learn how to win. And obviously with some of the things that have happened with the young ladies this year, uh, I guess I guess you can check that off the list. They've learned how to win, and what does that mean? You hear that from coaches all the time, but what does it mean? Learn how to win. You've got a you know season. It's a short season with a lot of games, and uh, so it's in the practice side of things, you uh, you learn a lot. And once you're out on the field, you've got to put it all together. And I think that has clicked for us. Everything that we've you know, talked about during practice, the girls have shown on the field. And um, they have – something has clicked, and, you know, we just hope that keeps rolling. I mean, isn't it, isn't it fair to say, though, at least from an outsider looking in, that the Rice victory legitimized your team, even if not, even if not from the inside, from the outside, when you beat Rice, people took notice of this team and said, Wow. I do think that was a game that got a lot of people's attention. Uh, I mean, from the inside, we knew what we had that, you know, from the beginning, this team was something special. Uh, But I do think that Rice game caught some attention from people and uh, the girls started getting the recognition that they deserved. So you play in FAU. This game is going to be televised on ESPN+. Plus. So if you don't have that uh, ESPN subscription to the Plus and all that, this would be a... Good reason to go ahead and download the app and uh, subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. What do we know about the Owls? They're going to be an athletic, tough team. Uh, they're on fire right now. You know, they just came off of a big win against Charlotte in the first game of conference. Um, it's it's going to be a good game. Both, both teams are going to be very well prepared. And, of course, they get to play on their home field as well. That doesn't hurt. Oh, no, they they had a good crowd the other night, so we expect the same against us on uh, tomorrow. Well, not only do we hope that you guys win, but but it would be even nicer to beat them on their home field because all those people in Boca are such stuffed shirts. <laughs> they all- yeah, you know, anybody we face, we want to, we want to get a good result, so... Yeah, but those people. In, would be sweet. Yeah, Luke, those people in Boca. You know, we we joke about the Canebrake crowd in Hattiesburg. Those people in Boca think they're better than everybody. They they do. They not just in Boca, but in the United States. <laughs> right. We're talking. We're talking to Carly Malden, assistant coach uh, for Lady Eagles soccer. And, and Carly, uh, when you get to tournament time, of course, a lot of games going to extra time. Uh, FAU put Charlotte out on PKs, uh, and that went down to the the final kick. Something we talked to Coach Mo about uh, a few weeks ago. This team particularly has played in five overtime team or games. I think probably four out of your last five conference games were in overtime. How does that help a team going into a tournament when you know you have played in such clutch environments and and situations like that? Yeah, I mean, going into those overtime games, of course, you don't necessarily want that, but that's part of it. Um, I think our girls, you know, playing in those extra games, they have the uh, the fitness that's needed, but they also have the mindset where it's not intimidating to play those extra minutes. And so every little minute matters when you're in overtime. And uh, I think, play, you know, having that, having those games that went into overtime so many times is, uh, is good for us. 
Walk our listeners through, because a lot of our listeners are familiar with, you know, how basketball and baseball and, and football kind of get ready for a game. Kind of walk our listeners through what happened yesterday, what ha- will happen today, and then what will happen tomorrow leading up uh, to the, the, the contest tomorrow night at 6. Yeah, so yesterday, uh, you know, you wake up, you have team breakfast, and then uh, you're usually scheduled a practice time. So we had practice and then kind of just hung out, had a few meetings here and there, and uh, watched watched some film, not necessarily on other teams, but we watched film on professionals and how we would like our girls to, uh, you know, play on the field and make certain runs. Um, Today, the day before a game, Normally, we uh, you take them through a team stretch and uh, recovery stuff, and you know get them good food. And we're actually about to head out to practice here in ten minutes, so we'll practice today, and then we'll watch some more film in the afternoon, and then have a team dinner, and then make sure that they're all rested up for tomorrow. And tomorrow is just basically take care of yourself, get ready for the game. Um, We'll have, you know, a pregame meeting, and then it, the rest is up to the players. Yeah, absolutely. But about a minute left, Carly. Um, kind of put in perspective, uh, you know, you came in last March and didn't get to coach in the fall and turn around and coach, you know, two seasons within a few months of each other. And this FAU team is a team that you guys put out in the quarterfinals uh, about six and a half months ago. Kind of put in perspective the whirlwind your, your, these, uh, these two seasons have been for you back-to-back. It's been incredible, to say the least. Coach Mo has been a great leader and has helped me so much with this process and learning the college, uh, I guess, coaching style. Um, but it's, it's been a full year. It, first off, it flies by, let me just say. Yeah. <laughs> when you coach for a full year, it, it flies by and you take it day by day. But um, it's been an incredible experience. These girls, they they make it just a wonderful I, I'm blessed that I get to wake up and uh, coach these girls and just very thankful for this opportunity. Well Carla you tell you tell the folks down there at FAU that some of us up here in Hattiesburg pronounce the city they live in as Boca Rotten. Rotten. <laughs> okay. If I run into anybody, uh, I'll make sure hey, don't do that. Just focus. Just focus on doing it on the field, Carly. Hey, we uh, yes, we like sir. seeing you in black and gold, and uh, appreciate all that you do. And go get them tomorrow night. Awesome. Thank you all. Thanks for having me. It's Carly Malden, assistant coach for Southern Miss Soccer. They will take on the FAU Owls in Boca Raton tomorrow night in the quarterfinals of the Lady Soccer Tournament. 6 p.m. ESPN Plus. Kelly, what is a stuffed shirt? You you referred to that earlier. Oh, that just those are people that that, that won't talk to people that they think are beneath them. You know, they're just stuffy. Okay. That you know. I got you. I got you. You so, have to anyway. Google, you have to Google that phrase, Luke. I I, I will. Good deal. <laughs> hey, Eagle Hour. Back after this, talk to Lee Roberts and uh, the game against North Texas for football. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. It's the place where all Southern Miss fans like to hang out and pregame, whether you're going to uh, whatever sporting event. They've got uh, dart boards. They've got the pool tables there where me and Coot and Squag and some of the guys there uh, will we'll shoot an occasional game of pool. And uh, no matter what's on the TVs, it's always going to be the main sporting event, trying to cheer the Braves home to a World Series championship tonight. And um, rare, rare, but there is college football. Uh, tonight as well, which we'll talk about in our fourth segment. Thanks to Slade and all the guys at 4th Street Bar and Grill for being such supporters of the Eagle Hour. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline is the one, the only, the star of stage, screen, and post office walls, Lee Roberts, the color analyst on the Southern Miss uh, uh, Sports Network, as we talk a little bit about the game coming up with the the mean green of North Texas and and quickly put to bed uh, last weekend's game that didn't turn out at Middle Tennessee like we had hoped. Lee, good afternoon to you. Hey, good afternoon, man. Hey, with that intro, I thought maybe you had somebody else ready to line up to be, be your guest. So I wasn't quite sure. Walls. Yeah, but, but the do they po- even do that anymore? I don't think they do that anymore, do they? They don't put the criminals' pictures up on the walls at the post think. office? Oh, so you, yeah, that's where you were going with that. I, I got you. <laughs> man, I'm, I, I'm dating myself. Maybe they don't do that anymore at the post office. <laughs> Remember, Barney Fife on Andy Griffith would always have to have the official verification before he could take... Anyway. What's the post office? I use email. Yeah, there you go. The post office is even going the way of the Buffalo. Uh, Lee, not a good good day. Against Middle Tennessee, can can we all just agree to just forget that one now? Let's let's look ahead to to the Mean Green for the people for for people that might be asking, can we expect things to be any different? I mean, rightly or wrongly, you you really can't really going forward, can you? If if you listen to Coach Hall's post game um, interview with us the last three to four weeks, it's been it's been very similar. And it's kind of been all year long. It's been the devastating plays. And honestly, you know, we lose by 25 points. We we give up 21 points on either defense, I mean, on offense or special teams. And it's like, man, if you could just somehow not give up those three devastating plays, it's a 14 to 10 game. And I know it's football. Things happen. You know, they made plays we didn't. But still, that's a that's a tough situation to give up three touchdowns and your defense not even on the field and for anybody that has the the uh has the perspective that this is a coaching situation i dare say we talked about it yesterday i don't know that at southern miss or any division one school that i can think of have they ever been using two or three non-scholarship quarterbacks at the most important position i mean you gotta you gotta have a reality check here i mean let's let's be honest yeah, you, you you tell me if you know of any other school in the country or ever in the history that's played, count them, seven. Now, we officially have played seven quarterbacks this year, and it, it is almost it is almost laughable, and, you know, it is tough. And I know those guys are they're trying, and, but that's kind of that's what we have right now, not taking anything away from them. But uh, just a, a, a tough situation, and, man, we uh, recruiting is – is a need and a must for sure. And of, and of course, when you have an anemic offense, you're not going to score a whole lot of points. So that puts extra pressure on your defense to hold the opponents down. So as, as well as overall the defense has played as a unit, it's, it's just tough to hold anybody to, to less than 10 points a game because realistically, that's about what you can expect based on past performance for this offense to produce. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. And, and I know the defense is working their tails off. And, and, and they have all year long. I mean, outside of the Alabama game, you know, I think they, they've played a, a pretty good season. Um, but yeah, offensively, we're just, we're not moving the ball. I mean, I thought Saturday was going to be a little different. You don't do anything your first series, your second series off of a turnover. You go down and score a really nice pass from Jake Lang to Jason Brownlee. And for a split second, you know, we had some life, and it really felt like, hey, all right, we've, we've got a chance. And, uh, and and we know going forward any game this year, if we're going to have a chance to win, you know, we, we can't give up crazy big plays and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, so for a short while we had we had the lead. We had a little bit of momentum, you know, until we were able to give up that, that first uh, return for a touchdown. So, But, but I know it, it is what it is. It's uh, – it's frustrating. Coaching staff's frustrating. I know the players are too, and and I'm sure the fans are. But hang in there with us. Yeah, and before I turn you over to uh, to to Luke, where it'll be much more pleasant. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I when the schedule first came out, I was thinking this is a winnable game. I thought North Texas, but right now, as fate would have it, and just the way the season has gone for the Eagles, North Texas probably playing its best football right now, even though overall it's not been a great season for the Mean Green. What do you expect uh, out of them this weekend? You know, I mean, just, cause, just because we're at home this weekend, that's the, that's the one and probably only advantage that we have. Um, you know, I do. I, I expect North Texas to come in here and, you know, they, they know we're down, we're beat, we're beat up, and, and they want nothing more than to come in and, you know, put it to us again. And, yeah, I mean, they, they've got a chance this weekend to – uh, to come in and continue to play well. And this is a talented North Texas team, but, um, yeah, I mean, and, and we have talent too. We're just not really utilizing it where we're not doing what we need to. I mean, besides shooting ourselves in the foot, I know it's kind of the same, same story, but, um, you know, going forward, every, every game is going to be tough. If there's a winnable one, it'll be, it'll be this weekend. And, um, let, let's just hope we can finally put some things together. And, you know, even if you don't win, at least eliminate those big plays and try to have some more positives uh, than you did last week. And um, I know penalties was an issue last week. Twelve different penalties. Uh, a lot of those coming on the offensive side. And when you got when you have an offense that isn't doing a whole lot, and you know, you're having holdings and jump off sides, it, it doesn't help. And those are the kind of things you are going to have to eliminate to beat somebody like North Texas. Yeah, Lee. I wanted to. That's what I was going to ask you about first. Was is that just the culmination of just the frustration that you're feeling offensively that leads to that stuff? I mean, it's been a problem all year. Eagles averaging, I think it's like 71, 72 yards a game in, in penalty yards. I think fans are trying to figure out, you know, is that coaching deals, is that discipline deals, is that a player deal? Because it's been a problem really all year. Yeah, it, it has. I mean, I mean, one, it, the, the cadence from the quarterback is different. You know, we played three different guys Saturday, and – you know, obviously, I said that we've played seven different quarterbacks now this year, so your, your cadence is somewhat different. And, and I think, you know, guys really just trying to make a play. I mean, they're they're on edge, um, their their weight is on their fingers, especially offensive linemen. You know, they're trying to fire off or they're trying to get that first step to to pass block or what have you. And you know, so the offsides penalties is kind of a culmination of a lot of different things. And, and I know that's it's being addressed. You know, obviously. Coming off a of bye week, you had that extra week where you know you didn't play. You kind of got out of the routine of the game, but there are certain things you you tried to work on. And, and penalties is kind of a tough one to to somewhat work on. But I know that it's definitely being addressed. 
Um, we just naturally talk about the quarterback position because it's you know it is what it is. That's the position, obviously, you're the most familiar with. I mean, last week uh, on Saturday, and we were kind of talking about this yesterday. I mean, you put Smithart in there. What do you have to lose? That's what Kelly said. You're trying to get you know depth too, but it just seemed like you know after the pick six, you go to Webb and he doesn't do much, and so then you just throw Smithart in there. I mean, can we expect that kind of going forward? Are they going to you know if the game's within reach, just kind of stick who's got a hot hand or or uh, is Smithart a real option right now? You know, I think, I mean, the, the fairest thing to say is, I mean, Jake Lang is, is the starter. Um, he, he had a really good first half, I thought, you know, making decisions, throwing a football. The second half, he didn't get started very well. He was getting hit. He was getting beat up a little bit. Uh, he wasn't 100%. And, and you could see it in, in his throws, made a couple bad throws. And so that was kind of the change. And at that point, you know, Will Hall needed to make a change, and he did. Went with T. Webb and you know, T didn't get a, a ton of experience, a ton of playing time, but it was somewhat late. And then you got Smith Hart in there that kind of, I think he just played that last series and then went down and nailed a knee late in the game too. But, you know, I think he was just trying to, you know, give Smith Hart a little bit of a, a chance to get in there. And I know Jake Smith Hart, he's battling T Webb right now. And I know that's kind of crazy to think or to say, but this was a very successful high school quarterback. He has been away Absolutely. from the game. But since he was a student, he, he knows the offense. He knows what we're trying to do here at Southern Miss. And, you know, he, he's battling for sure that for that number two spot. Well, Luke, Luke, there's going to be two great quarterbacks at Southern Miss this weekend. Lee Roberts will be up in the booth. And Austin Davis will be on the field as they celebrate the uh, Larry Fedora's team of 2011. At this point, I wonder if that, with that buyout he got at North Carolina, you think LFED will give me a low-interest loan for a new car? <laughs> I don't know about that, but I know uh, I'm, I'm excited to have these guys back. I think it's uh, it's always good when you can get a championship team back. I'm mean, obviously being a 10 year reunion. It's hard to believe that it has been 10 years, but a lot of things have happened. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot, a lot of coaches have come and gone through Southern Miss since obviously Coach Fedora has left. But it'll be great to have that group back, and of course Austin Davis. Anytime you can get a great back like that, um, you welcome them with open arms. Good stuff. Hey, I know this. Philip Rivers has uh, basically said, you know, if the Saints reach out to him, he'd listen. So, Lee, I mean, are you still like that? I mean, you've been keeping yourself in shape. If the Saints need an emergency quarterback, you you ready to jump in there? Hey, my phone's always open, man. My phone's always open. So just the, the right person's got to call, right? And remember, round is a shape, Lee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, Lee, thanks for your time, man. Have a great week. Hey, appreciate you guys. Y'all too now. Hey, Kelly, we got a third guest coming up. Good stuff, huh? That's it. Baseball. You're going to remember Mark Kabicki from back in the day. He was a flame-throwing right-hander on the Southern Miss pitching mound. We're going to talk with him about baseball and some other things as the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Well, I tell you what, this has been a weird time. I've been in this business, uh, gosh, almost three three decades now. Um, got into it um, in '94, right at the end of '93. So, uh, I've never really lived through anything like we're going through. I know with supply chain issues, and uh, I'm sure people are driving around, and inventories look like you know, you know, where are all the vehicles? But it's actually been a fantastic year for us. Uh, the product's never been better. Uh, you know, it may take a little bit extra time to get the vehicle that you want, but our customers have been great, um, and we've been able to deliver 
uh, you know, more cars than we've ever sold before, which sounds crazy when you drive by the lots, but uh, the business has changed really. Um, you know, we're able to deliver vehicles right to your door. Uh, people are buying online. We can do all the paperwork, all the, you know, appraisals. Everything is really at the customer's convenience now, and that's what we really pride ourselves on is bringing the vehicle to you, uh, bringing it to your work, bringing it to your home. Um, you know, paperwork's all done online. I mean, you never have to sit foot in the dealership, and that's really changed uh, how people buy cars now. And, um, you know, it's exciting for us to really be at the leading edge of that and really, you know, the technology that we have has made it fantastic. But it's been really good. Great year so far. Good stuff. As we wrap up the Eagle Hour today, real quick, tell our uh, listening audience where they can come find you. All right. So, as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're here in Hattiesburg, 1501 West Pine Street, downtown Hattiesburg. Uh, we've got a great selection. I tell you, I've got one of the best sales staff. We've got a great service team. Um, we're open on Saturday uh, in service till 5 p.m., sales till 7 um, we'll come to your house and pick up your vehicle. We'll do whatever it takes to take care of you. Uh, we also have the campus in Columbia. And like I mentioned, uh, the original campus was in Lucille. But as far as awesome. the Pine Belt's concerned, we want to be the number one dealership for you. So, Mark, appreciate your time. Glad you don't throw at anybody anymore that it was a rare occasion. <laughs> but thanks for being on the Eagle Hour today, man. We appreciate it. Hey, hey I appreciate you guys. Have a great week. That's uh, Mark Ibecki with Walt Massey, and now on board with Eagle Hour. Excited about that. Hey, we'll catch you tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.